Our scripture reading today is from Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. If you'd like to follow along in our Pew Bibles, this is page 688. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Good morning and happy new year. We are Kristen and Brent Liu and um, about 33 years ago, I invited Kristen to speak into my life, and uh, she said yes, and so she's going to speak into your lives as well today, too. We are not uh, Pastor Albert, who's our uh, regular preacher, so he is off today, but um, we invite you, if you're here visiting, to please come back next week or catch up online. And um, I have all these things like running through my head that I didn't write down, so we're going to go through them carefully. Just in our greeting time, I've met people from Canada, and I've met people from Berkeley, but by way of Brazil. So, those of you who are regular regens, if you see someone that you don't quite recognize, by all means, please introduce yourself. I think, you know, I don't think there's any, um, there's no waste in God's economy. Um, some of our regulars are worshiping at other churches, as we are having guests as well. And one last announcement thing, I want to um, thank all of you. On behalf of our, our volunteers, our staff, our deacons, uh, council, and elders, um, for all of you who've contributed for end of your giving to the things that we listed. We all benefit. I mean, I'm looking out here and I see a lot of people that volunteer in these ministries. So thank you very much. So please pray with me as we get started and look into God's word today. God in heaven, we thank you for today. God, I thank you so much for um, this place, regeneration, this church. Uh, we thank you for the people who came before us, who built this place, for those of us who were yet to come. And we ask, God, that you will continue to establish this foundation. Thank you, God, for being faithful to us. Thank you, God, for um, leading us as well. We pray, God, that you watch over all of those who are traveling. We pray all those who are online with us as well. God, we ask for you uh, to give us ears to hear and hearts to listen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So please listen and sing along as we introduce or reintroduce this song to you, um, as this is our scripture verse for today. <clears throat> the, that's way high. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. We'll go over it again. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. 
So, Lord, great is thy faithfulness. So this song that we just learned was a call to worship uh, for us in our earlier years. You got the double positive of, if nothing else today, you've learned a little scripture that you can take with you. Thank you, Joe, for putting, uh, at my request, putting great is thy faithfulness on our uh, worship list today. I don't know for you, but for me, um, songs bring a lot of very different uh, feelings, memories, and just, you know, where we are in our faith walk. And so great, great is thy faithfulness for me was a song that my family and I, uh, at a church camp that we would go to every year. They sang that at the end of every church camp. And so it's a very happy song for me, but it's also a very um, memorable song for me because it was the song, the hymn that I got to lead the congregation in at my grandmother's funeral a number of years back. So music is a vehicle by which we commit things to memory. Some good things, some bad things. Some of you may have had a bad commercial jingle stuck in your head for longer than you wished, but there are very many positive things about memorization through scripture, and um, committing passages of the Bible to memory through music is one of those ways, which is why we chose this song this morning. So a quick little summary about Lamentations. So um, Lamentations was written by, um, they say, the prophet Jeremiah, and lament is about weeping, and weeping over something, a sad event. And in this case, uh, Jeremiah was witness uh, to the destruction of Israel. So he's not so much a prophet in, in the book of Lamentations, but as, as much as like reporting on what's going on. So, and what is he lamenting? He's lamenting the loss of the northern kingdom of Israel to the Assyrians that you can read about in Second Kings in chapter 7. And then he's also lamenting um, the captivity of the southern kingdom at the hands of the Babylonians that you can see in Second uh, Chronicles, reading Second Chronicles chapter 36. So as we look in this book, um, the verses that we have is that striking that despite the genocide that Jeremiah witnesses and the list of woes that are listed throughout this book, Lamentations, He's able to get like above his circumstances and writes for us in about the middle of the book in chapter three, verse 21. Lamentations three, verse 21, he says, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope, colon. And then he writes the verses that we are gonna study today. And again, Lamentations is that book. It begins with a very sad reminiscence of the past in, in uh, verse one. It says, how deserted lies the city, once so full of people. And the book ends with Jeremiah pessimistic and doubtful as to if God's going to come through for the Israelites. And in Lamentations 5, 22, he writes, Restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may return. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and are angry with us beyond measure. But our scripture today is two but very short, powerful verses of hope and optimism that to me are like, to us, are like in the middle of the book, this top of the mountain that... Jeremiah leaves for us. So I'll be going through the first passage, just the first few phrases, and it's, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And we know, we understand the words. Um, steadfast means it's not movable, regardless of what else is happening, in, and in spite of the circumstances around us. I think of a rock in a rushing stream. The rock is steadfast, it's immovable. Life goes on around it, but the rock is steadfast. And steadfast is an adjective that's describing the love of the Lord. The love of the Lord is a small phrase, but it's the jewel of this first line. 
often I read over this too quickly and I don't, it's words that I understand, but I don't really let everything sink in. But um, as I slowed down and reviewed this, I wanted to review it slowly with you too, because it's so important, this love of the Lord. It's nothing but miraculous, really. The love of the Lord is merciful. The love of the Lord is gracious. I do not deserve it, you do not deserve it, but we have received it by God's grace. It is granted to you. Now at Christmas time, we remember that the love of the Lord was demonstrated to us in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to mankind as Savior for all who would believe in him as God and Savior. So I want to read to you a verse, John 3.16. You've got a Bible in your pew. Pull it out and open to the book of John and put your finger on John 3.16 so you can read along with me. John 3.16 is a very popular verse. You may have seen it behind uh, an end zone when somebody's kicking a field goal. You may have seen it behind the hoops when somebody's scoring. Uh, it's everywhere. They put it on signs and sometimes overpasses John 3.16. And if you're looking for it, uh, it's on page 888 in the Pew Bible. John 3. Verse 16, it's about um, halfway down on the left side there. All right, looking for eye contact, make sure you got it. Okay, got your finger there? All right, it reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, his only son, I'm reading a different version, and whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, why is this so important? Why does Everybody puts so much effort into sharing this verse, to bringing this verse into a stadium. You have to make the sign, you have to schlep it in. It's not small sometimes. They sit there with these huge signs, sometimes in front of their own faces, because they want to share the message. And the reason is because it is so important. The love of the Lord, as demonstrated in his gift to us, is so important for every single person that those of us that know it, and we have received it and understand it, want to share it. We want to share it with every single person so that everyone has an opportunity to know and understand and accept the love of the Lord as we know it. And there are some of you that may say, ah, you know, you're reluctant because, well, you are resistant to believing in Jesus Christ. You may have heard some unloving and even condemning words from Jesus believers in the past, but I can only say that you ought not to judge Jesus Christ by other people, but judge Jesus Christ by his own words. And since you've got your finger right there, hopefully still on that verse, for God so loved the world, I'll read uh, verse 316 again, and I'm going to read the verse after it. So there's the preview, okay? And for God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, but in order that the world may be saved through him. Different versions. Um, this is proof of the love of the Lord that the Lord desires to save mankind in the world, and he has made a way for this to be possible. And this is something that is embedded in this steadfast love of the Lord. That's the love of the Lord that's in this verse. 
Thank you. The love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. These two are intertwined. Love and mercy never ceasing and never ending. For never ceases um, came to mind for me that the Lord does not sleep or slumber. And we see in Psalm 121, verses 3 to 6, He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber or sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon at night. Psalm 121, 3 to 6. And mercies. When you're thoughtful about mercies and grace, grace is something that we cannot earn. And mercy is something that we don't deserve. So mercy in Psalm 103, 1 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Well, the mercies of the Lord, they are new every morning. Similar to the first line, I want to slow down and just uh, review this, because I need to. I need to absorb this truth. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. I recently heard a pastor on the radio explain it this way. Um, By the time you are 20 years old, don't raise your hands, okay, um, you have experienced 7,305 mercies of the Lord, one new one for each morning of your life. By the time you are 50 years old, you have received over 18,000 new mercies of the Lord. If you should live to 80 years old, you will have been blessed with almost 30,000 mercies of the Lord. And you know Noah lived to the age of 950, and in case you're curious, that's 346,988 mercies of the Lord, one new one for every morning. And those are just the mercies in the morning. We know that God is merciful all day long. Each morning, each of us wake up with a clean slate to start the day. The mistakes we made yesterday are in the past, thanks be to God. We are free to start each day and not make the same mistakes. Anything we regret that we did yesterday can be faced today with the certainty that God will, upon our confession and repentance, forgive us our sins, both the intentional ones and the unintentional sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 reads, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what are we waiting for? Confess. Get it off your chest, as the saying goes. Admit you messed up. Own up to your shortcomings and your foibles, intentional and unintentional, and then move on. Leave the past in the past. Call the friend that you had a fight with and apologize for your part of it. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. I want you to grasp them while they're there. And why stop there? His mercies are new every morning. Are they not also new every year? Today is New Year's Eve, so seize the day. Accept the mercies of the Lord today. There is no personal circumstance too great for the Lord's mercy. Even if you feel singed or even scorched, the Lord's mercy is for you, each one of you, and you can be refreshed by it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 reads, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Accept the steadfast love of the Lord today. Start the new year drenched in love and mercy of Jesus Christ. And the last line of last phrase, um, great is your faithfulness. Now, how do we know that God is faithful? We get to read it in the Bible. But recently, I've, this is a couple years ago, but I've, I've wanted, sometimes I've wanted to do like a, um, like a study, like on the, on the disciples. Like take each disciple and, ta- and, dis- and just study them and, you know, what, what I could gain from them. You know, how faithful were they? I mean, it's, a, it's easy, it's a little easy for us because we get the Bible. We get to read from start to finish kind of what happened. But the people in the Bible lived day by day. They were literally making history. They were living it linearly. Did they have confidence? Were they faithful? They didn't know what was coming next. We have that advantage. We get to see what's coming next. So, well, of course, God is faithful. Well, that's because we get a 360-degree perspective on context. Some examples of faithfulness. So, thinking about Noah. I'd like to hope or pray that God gave Noah some pretty good weather days to build that ark. You know, just enough sun and just enough cloud to make it pretty easy so he could gather his supplies and do all that woodworking in the elements. But at the same time, he's got these great weather days and he's building a large boat. And his neighbors are coming by and saying, well, why are you building this large ark? Well, God's gonna make it rain, destroy the earth, those kind of things. But look at the weather, it's perfect. Okay, so, but God was faithful to Noah as we get to read about that. I read about in the book of Exodus, about the life of Moses. And I read about all that happened, you know, for example, in Moses' life. He just had to keep going one step at a time. Moses didn't think that he was eloquent enough. Complained to God, I'm not eloquent enough to go up and speak to Pharaoh. All right, fine. Take Aaron, your brother. What a great thing. even after all the plagues that befell the Egyptians. The Hebrews were spared. Even after the Hebrews were given like parting gifts by the Egyptians in uh, Exodus 12 as they were heading out of town, God was still faithful. And here's the part that I just want to read to you out of Exodus 14, verses 10 to 16. It says, um, and this is basically we got the Hebrews standing on the, on the shore of the Red Sea. It says, and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord after all they had seen and experienced. And they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not what we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. I'd like to think Moses sighed. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Faithful. God was faithful. Lastly, this kind of goes back to my thoughts about doing a study on on each of the disciples. 
Christ said he would return after his death. I know, kind of Easter spoiler. Christ said that he would return after his death. In John 20, we read that Christ appears to Mary Magdalene at the tomb, and also the disciples are hiding behind a locked door for fear of the Jews. And after all they had witnessed when Christ was with them, did they not believe he was coming back? Of all the disciples, I think the most valiant or maybe foolhardy was Thomas. He's basically, I think, asking the question that everybody wants to know. And for his boldness to challenge God and ask the question, everyone in the room was thinking, he gets that uncomplimentary adjective forever tagged to his name as a doubter. But however, for his high-risk challenge, he received the reward, be able to touch the Lord Jesus. In 2 Timothy, it states about God, if we are faithless, he is faithful, for he cannot deny himself. 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful, by whom you were called into fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So Jeremiah is speaking to you, speaking to me, that God is faithful and his mercies are new every morning. By God's mercy, we are cleansed from all unrighteousness when we accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Specifically, Jesus Christ has made it possible for those who believe in his name to be forgiven for their sins and made clean and acceptable in the sight of God. Bringing back 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we're going to get ready for communion now. And, you know, if you've committed your life to Jesus, then by all means, you know, this is for you. If you've not committed your life to Jesus, or you maybe have questions, Kristen and myself, uh, Mike will be sitting down here, uh, of course the elders and, and our deacons, um, we would love to talk to you about that. And um, you could hold your communion element until after we chat with you. So if you um, need the communion elements, just shoot up a hand or something. We've got, um, got our greeters coming down the aisle. They'd be happy to hand you one. These elements of this cracker and this grape juice, you know, represent the body and the blood of Christ that was poured out for you. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was eating with his disciples, and he took the bread, and he broke it, and he said, this is my body, broken for you. Eat and do this in remembrance of me. Take the cracker now. And in the same way, he took the cup and poured it out, and he said to his disciples, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Drink and do this in remembrance of me. Dear God, we thank you so much for sending your son Jesus as a sacrifice for us. God, we thank you for all the many good gifts you give us. We thank you for making your mercies new every morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.